I'm joined with James Walsham. He started his Instagram account at The Honest Bloke kind of at the beginning of the uh, global pandemic. And he has had a really interesting journey with his own mental health. Um, In 2014, he suffered with quite severe depression and he's also had experiences of losing some of his closest friends to suicide. Um, He discusses the stuff men don't talk about. So he likes to talk about conditioning, toxic masculinity, depression and anxiety, as well as suicide. And he creates a safe place online for people to start a conversation. Uh, He has got a really good video called Shit Men Are Shit At. And it had me giggling quite a lot. Uh, So I'm really excited for this conversation. I think it's going to be really real, really authentic, but also I've got a feeling that we are probably going to have a bit of a giggle too. So welcome to the podcast, James Walsham. Hi. So how are you doing today? I'm, yeah, I'm really good. I... I'm, I'm really excited to, ha- to to speak to you, actually. I think um, when you sent me that message last week and we caught up and connected, um, yeah, just felt like you yeah, are just very grateful for you deciding to have me on and uh, and have a have a chat. But uh, no, I'm I'm good. I'm really good. Uh, it's been a had a good week. Had a productive but slightly stressful week, um, work wise, home wise, but all uh, all good. All good. Good, good. As as you mentioned, we kind of talked a little bit last week um, with my really strict vetting uh, process for the podcast. <laughs> no, <laughs> joking. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, is that I think that I've been really lucky to have some incredible male guests on Tribe Talk who are willing to kind of open up and to share. And I just think that we like and I love these conversations because I think that growing up, I definitely was surrounded by um, a, a typical view of kind of the masculine, the male. And um, I find that it's really, really beneficial to really open up these conversations with men because it helps to encourage other people. But I think it also gives women a bit of an insight into kind of the male mind. So um, I'm really excited for this. I think it's going to be really, really good. So, yeah, I think the best thing really to do is tell us a little bit about your own experience. Obviously, I've I've given like a really nutshell story at the beginning, but tell me in your own words why you're showing up like this and um, your own experience of, you know, mental health. Um, So I guess, I mean, the page, yeah, you were right. So the page started back in, uh, it was the beginning of April. So just after lockdown came in and everyone decided they wanted to get a bit, <coughs> excuse me, a bit creative with products and projects and things that they sort of wanted to sink their teeth into. And this was something that had been in my mind for a little while. But um, in terms of actually showing up and, and being open about, um, about mental health in general and my own experiences, that started for me back in 
December 2015. And at the time I'd been struggling pretty, pretty heavily with just like a chronic depression, really, really deep, uh, very powerful period of, of, of depression in my life. And um, it had been, yeah, it'd been just over a year. Um, I had been living out in Australia. My, my mental health sort of almost collapsed. Um, I had like a real kind of trigger point while I was out there and I had to come home. And after about a year, I realized that there was, I mean, at the time I was working in a, in a corporate role, I had, you know, a team of about 25 people that reported to me. I had, you know, I had to show up in, in ways that actually I was really struggling to do. Um, and I realized that it was because whilst I was, you know, talking to, you know, my partner at the time, you know, I, I had spoken to my family at that point, it was actually the bigger issue of everyone else in my life really feeling like I had to put that brave face on and I remember I woke up one morning and just decided that I wanted to kind of get the weight of that that shame and, and feeling like I needed to hide it just just off my back and I decided to just just compile this this Facebook post and just put it all out there and just say look you know over the last year I've been struggling deeply with depression I know that this is something that people don't talk about you know, I'm fucking scared about doing it. Um, but, you know, not only do I feel like this will relieve the pressure and the burden on me to, you know, put, put a smile on my face when I don't really feel like I can't. Um, but I'm hoping that this just, just speaks to people. And, and if anyone else is out there uh, that hears this or relates to this, then please feel free to talk to me or, you know, just hopefully it sets a good example. And that was, yeah, that was, so what, nearly five years ago. And from that point, I think that was the real kind of turning point for me that made me realize just this really common point of everyone everyone says about mental health you know it's good to talk it's really important that you talk and that's where that came to life for me because it didn't fix everything straight away it definitely didn't but it made things a shitload easier that I didn't have to deal with process unpack all of the shit that was going on within me um, whilst trying to pretend it was all okay to everyone else in the world you know it just it gave me a little bit more license and like freedom to actually explore what the hell was going on so um that's where my journey with it started um and then about two and a half years ago um i was really unfortunate well we were all really unfortunate to lose um a good friend of mine to, to suicide and i think that's where my attention shifted from my own mental health and my own journey because i'd spent a lot of time trying to unpack and, and decipher what had been going on there and actually I started looking at the bigger picture and the, the way that men struggle in society and the way that, um, you know, uh, and all, you know, we'll say that all suicides are, you know, equally important. Um, but the statistics around the, the you know, the ratios of, of, you know, nearly four in five suicides being male, um, that just, that's, I mean, it just spoke to me and it just, it really interested me actually. It really, really became a passion of mine to pursue and start trying to understand that. Um, so yeah, that's that's where the page and the interest came from. And like I said, I think it was just creating the honest bloke page was just a dedicated space where I felt like one, I could show up and be honest and talk about anything that I was experiencing and feeling. And I wanted to kind of, yeah, set the example because every time I've ever shared anything in my life that I thought was unique or shameful or something that was only happening to me, when I put it out into the world, it's so common and so normal. And so many people go, fuck, that's what I'm going through. Thank you you for thank you for articulating that thank you for making me make sense of what i've been going through so 
yeah, that's that's been it, and it's been uh, it's been amazing. It's been really good fun so far. What do you think the best thing about what you've done is? Like, what would be what would when I say that? What comes to your head in terms of like you know the the most rewarding part of this this account and sharing um, your your own experience? I think that we all um, deeply crave connection. We all like it's it's built into our the fibers of who we are as human beings. It's it's the things that make it's the thing that makes us unique. And one of the most beautiful things that happens regularly through the page is that people that I've never met will respond to a story that I've put up or a post that I've shared, and will share the most intimate, you know, really sensitive parts of their lives. Um, you know, I've had women reach out and thank me for the stuff that I'm doing, which is just so humbling because, you know, and they're telling me that they'd lost their husband to suicide a couple of years ago and they wish that my page was here then. Or, you know, guys as well, you know, guys will actually reach out to me and say, you know, thank you. I I didn't know that that's what I was feeling. And and I've been feeling this way for a long time. I I feel like, I feel like I need to get help. And I, I just thank like, this is the thing that's made me kind of go, actually, I feel like, this is okay now. So that's, yeah, that's hugely, hugely rewarding for me. You know, it's, um, I think it's just the fact that I get, I get two things out of it because it definitely is self-serving. It helps me. It's, it's, this page is for, for me to let stuff out and talk about things. You know, I can sound stuff out, you know, when I sit and write a post down, I go, yeah, actually this is how I feel. And then when I put it out and people respond to it, it's, yeah, it's really, really wonderful. As I say, it makes you feel like you're connecting with people who, you don't know, but but obviously it's it's just lovely to feel that way and get that response. A lot of people probably when you were talking about um, being in Australia. So how how old were you in when you were first kind of experiencing depression? So I would have been twenty four. Uh, yeah, twenty four years old. Twenty four. So a lot of people would be like, you know, you're in you're in Australia, especially English people. They'd be like, you're in Australia. Um, You know, you've got this amazing job. You're in an amazing place. I you know, how can somebody like that suddenly get depression? Like people from the outside that may not quite understand it. um, What was going on then? Was it was it a circumstantial thing? Was it something that perhaps that you had been? a way that you'd been dealing with life and it had just all come to the surface how did your how do you feel looking back now that your depression started to manifest um so it was so for for me i think as well like when we're talking about depression um i always like to say whenever we have i never have a conversation with anyone about it is that depression for me is a symptom it's not a condition that you just get um it's always a symptom of some underlying trauma or something that's been going on subconsciously that you didn't realize was affecting you. And for me, what that was, absolutely, I was living the dream in Australia. I'd been living in Sydney for a year at that point. And I, yeah, had a, you know, had a job, we were going out, don't get me wrong, it was a part of, it was a time in my life where, you know, we were going out and partying really hard. And again, I don't know if I, I don't know if this is like a trigger warning, but you know, like talking about we did a lot, you know, there's a lot of drugs going around and drinking and it was a real kind of heavy party scene. You know, I was out every weekend. Um, so I think that maybe that was, um, you know, at that time as well. So what, what happened was I, I basically was, yeah, I was riding a really high 
sometimes naturally, sometimes chemically, um, period of my life. And I also fell in love in that time. And um, I went through, so the, the trigger for me was I'd been in, I fell in love, you know, was in a relationship. And just before I'd met this person, uh, she had actually planned to leave Australia. She was Australian and she was planning to go to Europe and the UK and, and basically do what I was doing, but on the other side of the world. And when she, uh, you know, when she left, it, was, it sort of, it almost happened at the end of that honeymoon period of a relationship anyway. And um, so she left and what I didn't realize in this, you know, taking me a number of years to figure out is that it just, it triggered a huge, huge, completely unknown, almost like whether it was like a childhood trauma or of just fear of abandonment. I never realized that I'd had that before. And it absolutely just knocked every single part of who I thought I was, um, made me question everything about myself. As I say, I just suddenly, I, my self-worth was just gone. I couldn't do my job. I couldn't find any happiness in anything. And, you know, don't get me wrong. That is, that's really, it's, I mean, it's sad to hear about that, but it also it shows just that there was loads of shit going on that was really unhealthy within me. And I had absolutely no idea that it was there. So I think that was part of the house. One of the reasons why it was so severe was because it was, it, you know, it, it's like being hit on the back of the head by someone and you didn't know they were there. Like it's, it's the shock. So, you know, and all of a sudden you're, you know, okay, so your girlfriend left you, mate. She's gone to the other side of the world. She'll be back in a year. Like, chill out. <laughs> um, you know, you'll probably go and see her, you know, in six months anyway. You might pop back to the UK. Like, like it's going to be all right, mate. Like, what's up? No, it did, in my head, it didn't work like that. All of a sudden, I was just absolutely beyond miserable, like hopeless. Um, and so, yeah, that took me back to, yeah, that took me back to the UK. And, um, yeah, don't get me wrong. We were together for another couple of years. Um, we got engaged. Uh, you know, it didn't didn't work out. But um, yeah, that was that was where I realised that. I, st I guess I started learning about. Um, yeah, like what trauma is and how how do you know what actually mental health issues aren't. You're just this guy's a bit fucking nuts. Like you know, actually, generally there are there are trigger points. It comes from the thing things that you consciously or subconsciously or completely unconsciously never knew happened to you as a child um, and you're, you know, during your upbringing and this stuff can just get triggered absolutely out of nowhere so yeah that's that's kind of what happened and, and was the start of it do you find it interesting to deconstruct it now like can you now make little um like links between the behavior like you know the behaviors that you were doing and the situations that were happening. Can you now kind of create the, like almost like the map of where you got to where you did? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I didn't do that, A, fast, B, on my own, and C, easily at all. Um, I'm still unpacking a lot of that, you know, five years, well, that relationship ended in 20, ended 2016, no, so mid 2017. I've had another relationship since then, which, didn't learn my lesson, did the same thing with that as well. So it's, it, it, it shows, um, and actually that one, you know, also really, you know, as to this day is still teaching me an awful lot. I'm still unpacking a lot about what happened with that one. Um, but yeah, it, it, that, that for me is actually 
what healing and understanding is all about and getting better and getting healthy is all about because you know taking antidepressants and things like that you know they can help you manage symptoms at the time but they aren't actually dealing with what is going on and the actual fixing of the issue so um you know i went to i went to went to therapy you know i went i, I got I, I went to a, an integrative counselor who you know was her kind of therapy and counseling process was based in cognitive behavioral therapy and she i remember the first, when i went to see her um this was after the you know the first relationship with the girl from australia had ended she'd moved back to australia and actually i started feeling better didn't know why but um but I still couldn't explain or understand why the relationship had ended. I didn't, I couldn't make sense of it. So during these sessions, I said, you know, I said, I need to understand this. I need to be able to pick it apart and, you know, put the pieces of the puzzle together. Cause I can't explain why I'm not with this person. I, I feel like I love them. I feel like they're a beautiful person. I was just deeply unhappy and I can't tell you why. So I remember it was in the second session um, that I, that she was able to start helping that, you know, I, I always described it as she was able to help me start putting the pieces of the puzzle together. And I realized that I'd been in a relationship with someone that actually, whilst I was in love with them and I really loved and wanted to help them and, you know, thought all these wonderful things about them, didn't like a lot about who she was. And there was a real mismatch in terms of compatibility. Um, a lot about who she was and a lot of the issues that she had really affected me. I didn't, you know, they made me feel really uncomfortable. Then they, they genuinely affected my self-worth. Um, and it was, yeah, I just, I had no idea that all this stuff was going on. So yeah, I guess it just, what it, what it helped me do was, yeah, really start to be able to analyze and put together things so that, you know, you can get closure and you can understand why things didn't work or why you're a certain way or why another person is another is a certain way. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's been a really interesting journey. So, and one that, like I say, it will, I think it will keep going. You, you never stop learning and reflecting on previous relationships and things that have happened in the past. So. Yeah, definitely. And I think quite a lot of the time when we're in relationships with people, it almost gives us permission to treat that person in a way that perhaps we wouldn't treat other people because it's like you almost have that security of like, well, you're my partner. So you have to deal with me when I am like this. And, you know, there's sometimes it feels like if you don't have a partner that may like doesn't check you, for example, you, you might end up kind of keeping to push behaviors or like pushing themselves to see how far they'll go. And I think especially if you, and obviously I, I don't know the, the, the relationship and I, you know, I won't pretend to know, but I think quite a lot of the time with kind of fear of abandonment, there is an element of you that will just keep pushing to see how, like to kind of almost test them to be like, okay, well, where's your limit? How far can I push you before you leave me? Because you're going to leave me. And I want to make sure that I get, I make that choice for you, if that makes sense. So you kind of push them into yeah. a, a, a space that is very, it, it's difficult. And it, and then it causes, it's like, um, catch 22, isn't it? Because you're, you're, you're scared of being left. So then you, do things that will push them away and then ultimately you are left and then it's just like well i knew it was going to happen yep and that's actually believe it or not um so the relationship i'm talking about for me what happened was she actually showed up for me in, in incredible ways for the two and a half years that we were together she was incredible in her support and her tolerance and her understanding and her love for me but actually what she was doing during that time is 
she was actually using supporting me as an excuse for not dealing with her own stuff and doing her own inner work. And when we separated, um, so we separated and we spent about nine months apart. But as soon as I'd gone through all of this, these processes and, you know, started almost having these light bulb moments about what happened with me, what happened with her, um, booked flights to Australia, didn't I? I went, right, I've got to get back out there. I've got to go and fix it. Um, and you know, the reason that it ended was because unfortunately she, you know, she just did, she saw things very differently. Uh, in my, in my opinion, she still had a bit of work to do. And, and some of the things that I, I sort of maybe the things that I've wanted to share with her and real, like the realizations that, that we'd had, um, that I'd had, sorry, were when I told her that I felt as though, you know, she'd been showing up for me so wonderfully, but it meant that she'd been avoiding doing her own work. She then said to me, um, Oh, right. So my, you know, so your depression is all my fault then. And she got very defensive and it was just, it was so heartbreaking because, you know, I'd gone away and done this work that I just thought, great, well, we can do this now. She's, she'll definitely have gone and done her stuff. I've gone and done my stuff. But you know, that's, that's ultimately what compatibility is about in relationships. It is about, you know, they always say timing is really, really important. You know, that I, I can now look at, look back at that relationship and I can, definitely feel just so much love for that person because what she because of how she supported me and helped me you know and I can see very objectively and with a lot of closure and no pain at all that you know our journeys and our paths just didn't link up at the right time um so you know and being on being on the other side of the world you know it's you know, that was just that and we went our separate ways so um yeah it's uh it's just it's for me a really really cool process to be able to get to that point of yeah that, that point of closure and understanding um so yeah but i would say probably the more recent relationship is the one where i had the you know i kept pushing them kept pushing them and then it just fulfilled that um it fulfilled that self-fulfilling prophecy of yeah she's gonna leave me um yeah. so yeah it, it definitely is true yeah. by the way this is just turning into me talking about all my relationships <laughs> <laughs> it's fine it's interesting like a therapy yeah. session yeah, sorry. I have I have That's the right. habit of uh, of doing that when I talk to people. Um, That's good. Um, just look, I'm being honest, aren't I? So. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it is really interesting because you see things from do, two different sides, and I think quite a lot of the time, men get a really bad rap in relationships because they, you know, there is some really shitty behaviour that happens on um, both sides for for women and for men. I know that I've treated past relationships really terribly. Um, I was definitely somebody who would break up with people before they could even get the chance to break up with me because I had this underlying belief that I wasn't good enough. So it didn't matter if somebody was telling me that, that they really liked me. It was just a case of like, but I'm not good enough. You're going to find somebody better. And what actually I did for so many years was I went after somebody who I would never be good enough for. Um, as that self-fulfilling prophecy and um and it's and and it was just an unbelievably toxic relationship and it wasn't ever really cemented relationship it was just kind of the typical thing where it's never the right time and there is an element of truth in it's never the right time but I think that it that shouldn't be and and I'm not saying that you did this at all but mm. I think a lot of people use that as an excuse to be like well it's not the right time now but maybe in a few years but and it's just a way of keeping yeah, that sure. person on the sidelines mm -hmm. um which is what happened with myself for years and years and years and years um but actually I think men get a really bad rap in relationships because you know people 
are like, you know, why are men so, so crap? Like, why do they, why do they not text back? Why do they ghost? Why do they, you know, end up with my best friend? Why do they? And it's like, well, actually, I think we need to think about the, the individual. Stop just labeling it as it's a man's thing and actually mm-hmm. take the, take the behavior or, or the, the act or whatever it is and just strip it down to the person because men and women are so similar in yep. so many ways and i think that i i i am somebody who you know i think that there is there's probably a inherent stereotype in me where i'm like my husband should take the bin out and i will <laughs> do but then he does all the cleaning and i do all the cooking so like we're not like a 1940s house uh although i think he'd love if less of it if i cleaned more um but there is kind of that element of of that in my life and i think men and women do have, play different roles just because it's probably more natural to them whether that's just be through conditioning and everything but men and women are basically the same in so many ways and have you found that with you know you mentioned that women talk to come like get in touch with you and talk to you have you found that you know, you're coming onto Instagram from a male perspective, from your own experience. Um, you identify as a man. What uh, and women are coming and being like, I get that yeah. too. Yeah, definitely. I think what you just said there is that you know the whole thing about men getting a bad rap, and it all comes down to communication. So women are, are better communicators than men, and that's because women are raised to feel far more safe when exploring their kind of emotional spectrum you know women aren't shamed as they're growing up for you know being vulnerable delicate sensitive creative artistic um all of these things emotional um you know women are encouraged you know girls little girls are encouraged when they went from being very little to you know it's 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 accepted it's okay if a girl cries or if a girl is you know wants to you know draw pictures or dance or whatever, you know? Um, the thing is that m- men and, and little boys have the same emotional spectrum. There's, there's, there aren't things that girls feel that men don't, you know, or you know, sort of the men and women, but we all feel the same thing. The only difference is how we are educated, taught, conditioned, raised. So, you know, from very, very young, little boys are saying, you know, why are you a girl? Stop crying, you know, come on, be brave, all that kind of stuff. And that is the start of, the kind of like stunting of you know a healthy emotional spectrum for for men um so later on in life when um you know when you get and it's so you see it it's just the common thing that is discussed between men and you know sort of heterosexual relationships between a man and a woman is that you know the woman just wants to talk all the time and you know wants to be heard and the guy just wants to just you know his his way of showing up is well, you know, I work really hard and, you know, I, I go out and I, 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 you know, I do this number of hours and I buy you this and I buy you that. And, you know, he, it's because he doesn't, men don't know how to communicate. Men, men don't know how to, you know, be heard and speak their hearts. So the stuff that, the stuff that they want to share is in there, but it's, it's, it's like you're asking them to tell you how they feel in French. It's, it's, there's no way they're going to be able to do it because they don't speak that language. So that's why, you know, in the relationship dynamics that we see and, you know, how you would say, let's say, for example, when you look at cheating, I've discussed this on a couple of, of different podcasts, actually, is that generally men are shamed an awful lot because when men cheat, it's because they're pigs and they're bastards. Um, 
when women cheat, it's because, you know, oh, you know, well, the relationship wasn't right. And, you know, she needed to, there was something that she needed and she found it in someone who was more sensitive and kind and connecting. And, you know, that's, and by the way, that is the stereotype, you know, I'm not saying that that is exactly what happens. The reality is that the, the guy, if, you know, if, if the girl cheats, she's probably just able to articulate the reason why more. Um, you know, and again, that's not always, that's not, it's not as black and white as that. But yeah, for me, it just comes down to, to being able to communicate. So I think that's where, um, you know, we've all got kind of masculine and feminine energy and, and masculine and feminine kind of emotional traits. It's just learning to tap back into the feminine for a lot of guys. Um, and I think that's where, even though I, I, I think I'm quite a normal, normal guy, I don't think I'm, you know, overly feminine in uh, maybe my either appearance or my voice, you know, I'm a pretty masculine guy from those perspectives, perhaps. Um, but, you know, the way that I articulate and communicate, I think very, very could easily be, you know, seen as, you know, well, he's actually a pretty feminine guy because he's, he's very comfortable sitting in his emotions and talking about his feelings and sharing his vulnerabilities. And it's just rewriting the script on that not being a feminine thing. It's actually learning that that's, that's what, you know, being a man should be, that should be part of being a man. Yeah, so, I yeah, yeah. And sorry, you just said it. You said sorry. I kind of that's half my answer because you said about um, you know, if we like women do reach out, and I think that's where like seventy one percent of the people that follow me on social media are female. Um, and that for me is because they find it easier to connect with and relate to my content. Um, men will relate to it, but they maybe resist it because it makes them feel really uncomfortable. You know, it's that kind of uncomfortable truth within them that they don't feel they want to face up to or they don't want to lean into because it's it's yeah it's awkward and it's confronting so yeah it's uh yeah definitely do get a lot of women that associate with it but i think that's just it shows that even though i'm talking about stuff from through the male lens it's it's universal it kind of a lot of stuff just applies to everyone mm. i think it i definitely think that it applies it probably probably connects to men just as much as it does to women but i think guys use social media slightly differently anyway Indeed. i think that they don't it's less likely for a guy to share a post or story even if it's like bang on how they feel and i guess that comes back to the communication we were talking about earlier um and i, I mean my husband doesn't there's the joke that I do all the talking like he doesn't talk like for our wedding I did the speech um but he because he is just quite a he's so chilled out he should be horizontal most of the time like he's so he he, he doesn't talk about his emotions that much he does when he needs to but he isn't he isn't somebody who will necessarily start the conversation he'll he'll kind of carry it on um, and that's just the way that he is. But he, whenever he's on social media, it's more just like liking, like liking something or just like watching a funny video and giggling and then like moving on. Yeah. Like he's, he's not as involved in it as somebody like myself who is like there looking for um, like connection, things that resonate with me and like supporting by like commenting and sharing and things so I think I think there is slightly a different element of how men and women use social media and, and perhaps why why they have it in their lives I think also you're a creator so naturally you you know you're, you're someone who creates and, and puts content out and a lot of people you know men and women uh, you know definitely just uh, you know are far more consumers rather than creators 
But um, in terms of how, how they engage within content, I think a good point would be, you know, we all see these like Insta quotes, don't we? We all see these like, you know, whether they're motivational or whether they're just, uh, you know, things that you read, people have put them in a quote, they put a fancy background on them and they share them. And it's those kinds of things that I think women will reshare them. Men won't. Even though they'll read it, it will land with them. It will resonate and connect and completely sum up, you know, part of what they're feeling emotionally at that time. But are they brave enough to share it? No, they're not. Why? Because they'll be judged for being, you know, by the boys as, well, that's a bit gay. Well, that's fucking sissy or whatever. Like, that's, you know, what fucking girl? Like, oh, you see what fucking James shared? Like, like that's that that for me is that like it's that cultural difference and that fear of that fear of showing up in the feminine so men, men you know that that's really i think the the stigma uh that faces a lot of men and, and, and potentially affects yeah how they how they engage on social media quite a lot just takes you back to being at school doesn't it and like you just constantly you'd be walking down the corridor and you just hear like gay yeah <laughs> Which, you know, they, like I, I, I made a joke about that in my, uh, by the way, every podcast I've ever done, everyone talks about the shit that men are shit at. And I've stopped making the videos and I've got to start doing them again. Like I keep saying I'm going to do them and I'm just, I need to sort it out. But the second one I did is, is about that. It's about how like men are really bad at receiving, like giving and receiving compliments to each other. Yeah. You know, like girl, girls always say things like, baby, you look beautiful. Um, your hair looks amazing like that dress looks gorgeous on you. Men don't do that. Men don't go like, bro, that haircut looks sick. Like you look fit. Like, <laughs> like we don't do that because, you know, straight away it's gay. Like, yeah. we, you know, I, I'm, we're saying that tongue in cheek, like once again, that all comes down to the whole, like, you know, being, being gay is, is not masculine. And you know, that all just comes from that's That's just, you know, centuries of, of, institutionalized systemic homophobia and you know all these old-fashioned ideas of what men should be so you know i'm, I'm you know i identify as a straight male but i, I don't you know i don't mind you know i love I, I, I love gay guys i love i love like straight guys i, was, I like like exploring the, the kind of um an understanding and seeing just how men show up in, in all different forms of life so you know yeah that's also something that i really want to kind of break down is that you know from a from a you know from a straight perspective how you know where, where that that kind of toxic homophobia and that closet homophobia comes from within straight men yeah so. i don't think it's just in straight men either i think it's just like the stuff that we used to say as kids would be it's so problematic now yeah <laughs> and a lot of it is awareness and things like that but i think that there is an element because it was part of our how do i say this part i of don't our childhood, part of our yeah yeah that's the thing and i don't think at all it was it was okay yeah and i don't think there's any malice behind it i don't think that there no. is well there certainly wasn't with us um like there was no the negative connotation of being gay wasn't the thing that was like no, so, like consciously being said it wasn't like you're gay that's a bad thing it's like it was just something you said you know what i like mean that rubbish or like yeah that, that shit like that is oh mate that's so gay 
like yeah. but you weren't being like that's that's homosexual yeah and the homosexual <laughs> is bad like it wasn't anything like that and i think that that's that can be quite hard i think in in like today's view because there are things that we have grown up saying that if we said them and we were perhaps on like a giant platform we would get so much stick for it because people would be like this person is anti-homosexual like this person doesn't believe in this like and it could yeah. cause such problems but i think that being able to address it like you just said that you were you're thinking of doing i think is really is a really good idea because i think that there are elements that that we've grown up with that if we said it now just would be horrendous yeah definitely and i, I think it, it goes it goes broader than that though because you know there are things that we've grown up through our environments and, and where we were born in the countries that we've been born in the societies that we've, we've grown up in that we're ignorant to um and it's only at the point where you sit there and you go do you know what even if i didn't mean something in a certain way or i didn't realize what i was saying fuck i can look back at that now and go yep shouldn't have said that Mm -hmm. didn't mean it anything like how it did, but intention and impact are two very different things like your intention was was there was no intention in it whatsoever it's just a word you said but the impact was that you know you were you were you know reinforcing a negative connotation towards being gay and you didn't realize it yeah. so no that's i mean yeah i mean we could go into that's that's just like yeah there's so many other things that i think that we could use as examples there but yeah we, we we've all been guilty of it it's just about re reparenting or re-educating ourselves and just going fuck like that was that was inappropriate <laughs> yeah yeah hold my hands up that was bad um but to be fair like in going back to, to the video it just made me because the thing is and the thing that i enjoy quite a lot of the time with um things like when we talk about mental health it can get really serious and rightly so um but i think being able to bring humor into a really shit subject in in one way or another just because that's in your personality and mm. and you could tell that with the the compliments video because like you're telling you're actually giving out a really valid point you know you're talking about like something very honest and true but it's kind of going back to that that humor comedy element of like because it's it's funnier because it is true because that's what men are like because men don't turn around and be like mate your dick is it's really straight isn't it like <laughs> like you don't do that and like and um, that's so funny by the way if anyone hasn't seen the video please go and watch it just to save me some humility at that point like because if you haven't seen it, <laughs> i feel like i need to frame that and give it some context um no video, no context no oh no i just, no. Right, just just hang me out to dry then that's fine no um, go for it Basically, I just, yeah, I compliment men on their penises all the time. Um, no, it's just, it takes the piss out of the fact that men don't compliment each other in the examples that I gave earlier. And I said, look, it's not like you need to go and, you know, start complimenting men at the urinals, you know, telling them how great their cocks are and, you know, like, nice dick, bro. Like, you don't, just, you know, just, it's just about, there's, there's a, there's a middle ground. There's like an acceptable amount. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, that's the that's the backstory, but appreciate you throwing me under the bus there. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the dick complimenting to their to their partners, all right? It's the one yeah. thing that we've got over everybody else. Unless they're really, really okay with it. 
do what you like, but just don't just be careful with that one. I feel like you could, re- you know, that that's potentially one that could get you in some trouble. Yeah, definitely. But I think, <laughs> I think, I, but I think as well with, with your compliment video as well, and you were saying how like guys, guys can't accept compliments because ultimately or, or um, automatically they would turn and be like, oh my gosh, is this guy hitting on me? Like, I'm not comfortable with this. This is kind of an affront to my masculinity. I'm not going to react very well to this. And I think that that can also be said in a more general sense, because I think we are shit generally at receiving compliments. Like I I used to hit people like full on (laughs) punch people. (laughs) If they gave me a compliment, I would punch them. Be like, oh, shut up. And so it's like I could I even though obviously I, I'm I'm not viewing it from um like a male perspective, mm. I can still appreciate the 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 humor in it because I can relate to it still yeah, in take, some yeah, way. Yeah, it's again it's not an exclusive thing for men. It's just that again I always just with that it was just through the male lens of do you know what like I, w- I witnessed like a lot of them just like common female culture and I like I just looked at it and I went if I if I remove what I think men should and shouldn't be, and I just look at the way women are when they hype each other up and, you know, like one of the things that I love so much is when a girl uploads a photo on Instagram, all right? And then all of her mates just in the comment section, just absolutely just blow up the like, babe, oh my God. And then just like loads of like the little flame emojis. And then she's like coming from you, like just they all do it and like, no, whether, I mean, whether there's like, you know, whether that's all like complete sincerity, you know, it's just, it's just amazing. Like, I just love, I, I like, and I thought, why don't men do that? Like, we don't, like, we don't, like, generally it's just, if, if a guy uploads a photo of himself, um, you know, like looking fucking good, like his mates are going to rip him, like, like the generally within like yeah like just the banter within kind of male friendship groups that they're going to get like torn to shreds like i did it like i've, I've got a friend of mine who's a, a photographer and she wanted to use me as a model um and i hadn't really done much much like that and i was really uncomfortable but she got some awesome shots and i thought fuck it i'm going to share them the boys put it in the in the in the group chat and absolutely rinsed me for it and whilst i was able to take that banter i just looked at it and went like actually like why don't let i need to flip this on its head so yeah that's that was just kind of where the the video went and hopefully it made a few people laugh and a few people few few guys think men's group chats are horrific some of them are the most horrific like insights i left mine recently i left mine because of that like yes they are Some of the stuff that appeared on my husband's photo roll was videos, like some of the videos and stuff. Why has he not got that setting turned off? Like this is something that, Jesus. So first of all, auto save to camera roll, off. (laughs) Absolutely not. You know, you don't want that shit sharing to your iCloud and then you've got a a Mac that you share at home and then you're missed, like, no. But also, like, again, if we're going to just... I'll just hit unpack it a little bit like <laughs> what the fuck are men doing like I mean the thing is I I was involved in that in that group for fucking years and I perpetuated it I would share like weird gross horrendous not safe for work shit 
and it's like one of the reasons that I left it and it, you know I've spoken to the boys about it I've spoken to a couple of lads about it was just that I don't know what, what happened I turned 30 a few months ago and just I've had a lot of these these these, these shifts within myself and I just went do you know what there's only so many times you can see a girl's tits and think this is exciting like there's some girl who's just had her photos like leaked online and it's, it's also yeah it's not right like you shouldn't be sharing that kind of shit but it's just like come on can we just can we fucking move the conversation on now can we can we start being a bit more mature and actually discussing shit that matters like it just it just didn't serve me anymore and i just went look i love you boys but like i'm out so yeah, yeah men's group that's a fucking rank yeah there's only so much of a somebody squatting weeing and then producing a penis out of what was a vagina and continuing to wee like i i don't know where these people find these things but yeah i've i have been concerned at some points just like darkness within humanity and yeah just the corners of the internet that then suddenly go yeah let's put that on whatsapp let's and that will go to the corners of the earth as soon as someone has shared that with someone. Yeah, I mean... We are disgusting human beings. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine, though, if you just, like, responded to that with, like, a really cute cat video? They'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> maybe, maybe that was the approach. Maybe I shouldn't have left the group. And maybe I should have just shared some really, like, heartwarming, cute, cuddly, just lovely videos, with really heartwarming stories and things. Every time something gross got shared in there yeah, take it down from the inside <laughs> come on guys like yes actually dismantle it so we kind of touched on this a little little bit um and i don't worry we're not going to go into vile more vile things um <laughs> yeah, let's just let's keep it, it more pc <laughs> moving swiftly on um but you you kind of spoken or touched on toxic masculinity and i think this is something that is being spoken about more um and some people could argue that you know toxic masculinity has become a bit of a buzz statement or whatever but what's mm. your view on toxic masculinity and how it how it shows up in today's world yeah i think it's um i i think it's a buzzword just because yeah the word toxic um i don't know why i've, I've maybe always felt as though it implies kind of not blame on the individual, but I feel like it, it starts the conversation around looking at it as a, as like a, like a societal and like a, an issue with how, how men are conditioned and, and raised and the toxicity within a lot of male behavior is that it actually, it's behavior that reinforces this idea that we cannot be all of those parts of vulnerable, yeah, emotional, sensitive, kind, um, empathetic, and, you know, within the male identity, and I guess, you know, I'm certainly talking within um, kind of Western culture, you know, like countries like England, US, like, you know, only the culture really that I'm, I, I feel like I'm a part of and that I can, I can relate to. But yeah, like toxic masculinity is, you know, it, it, it perpetuates in all, all sorts of areas of our lives. It, it comes into, you know, misogyny and our attitudes towards women. Um, it comes into again yeah homophobia and attitude towards homosexuals um and, and or any members of any you know lgbtq you know thing that isn't right straight and, and you know straight and, and and male like we you know and it, i guess it all comes from you know we, we've we, 
forever we've been in, in I guess it's called you know the patriarchy we've, been, we've, we've literally been raised you know and gone through generations and generations of male dominated societies that are created by men laws are written by men um, and you know these yeah these structures are all built on really old-fashioned really quite dated offensive you know structures and I just yeah, I, I see it in so. I, I, I mean, I've, I've I've seen those you know part traits of toxic masculinity within myself, and it's only through looking inwards and starting to understand where a lot of those things come from that I've been able to sort of let go of them. And you know, some of them are still there. We've all got prejudice. We're all we've all got um, conditioning and and opinions and belief systems that are shaped by you know these systems. And I think that the challenge is that I, I want to start. Um, you know, I want to start helping men who maybe start to recognize within themselves learn how to navigate out of it and um yeah it's just it, but it's it's everywhere it's you know and toxic masculinity isn't just in men it can be in women um you know women can experience those same belief systems that reinforce um misogyny towards themselves um you know towards yeah like it, it's it, it's it's not again it's, it's obviously commonplace within men but the same belief systems you know women are raised in the same cultures and same environments and adopt the same belief system so it's just about yeah i just want to debunk it all and i just want to pull it all apart so which is i mean i'm not gonna do it on my own but I, i'm enjoying you know i'm enjoying yeah it's, even videos like that that one about men you know that that for me is a toxically masculine trait not being able to give or receive a compliment to another guy without it being gay you know or being perceived as or received as gay like I want to tell my I want to tell my boy that he looks fucking unreal when he you know goes on a night out. Like I want to be able to say, "Bro, you look fucking you look great," um, you know. And the thing is that I can do a lot more of that now because I think I'm also I'm almost armed with the ability to disarm them whenever they get defensive. I can actually be like, I, I, I actually double down. So if I say, "Bro, you look fucking great," and he's like, "All right, you fucking gay." I went, "Yeah, I want to fuck you," and then it'll be like, "I'm joking. I'm just like chill out." <laughs> So yeah, toxic masculinity is everywhere, but um, I think it's uh, a lot of stuff's going on in the world that's starting to kind of shift away from that and starting to, you know, we're all starting to question a lot of those behaviors and, and thought processes. So yeah, I think it's just something that we all need to, on an individual level, we can all look at ourselves and go, you know, where's that belief system come from? Like, why do I feel that way? And we can just start, start working on it together, I guess. Yeah, I think it's an interesting uh, subject because I guess you've got the overview of, of what, what it is, but a lot of people will feel like they're not really sure how it perhaps would show up in their lives. Um, and when the spotlight is on it, it might feel like, oh, oh shit, like I wouldn't have even, I wouldn't have even thought that that was toxic masculinity being played yeah. out. Yeah, it does happen with stuff like that. Uh, we've, I, I, you know, trying to think of some examples now um i mean yeah like obviously the, yeah the compliments one i just gave um i think even things like men being yeah creative uh i you know i i specifically created a space and, and a social media page where i could you know be open and vulnerable and honest and talk about you know myself i created that space because I feared judgment from people who, if I were just to, you know, carry on with my old Instagram page and just shift it and start talking about everything mental health, you know, that isn't 
traditionally you know a masculine thing and i think that this is you know all ties back into why men you know so many men are killing themselves and so many men are failing to show up and report issues of mental health um and feeling comfortable about it because men don't do that um so yeah it's uh, i mean so yeah for me toxic masculinity is any behavior or any belief system that you see a man exhibit where they're doing it inauthentically to please what they believe other people are you know expecting of them as a man um so anything that involves stunting or, or sort of stifling um you know just your, your natural healthy kind of like emotional like access to those emotions and it is basically fucking everywhere like we all we, we've all experienced i think all men have experienced um challenges with expressing themselves and feeling comfortable within themselves so yeah it's just trying to pull all that down and just get everyone feeling a bit more comfortable mm. and a lot of your work and and the things that you talk about are i guess in response to what happened to your friend mm-hmm. because you want to start to what what's your what was what's the what's the power behind that is it that you want people that were in his situation to be able to feel like they that there are other other options what what's the driving force behind behind it um yeah it's that so that's that's pretty much it it's to you know i i firmly firmly believe that when it comes to suicide and obviously it was um was it two two days ago it was World suicide prevention day um you know i put a video up uh, that that evening um so many people shared some content that day and I thought it was actually it was most content and and you know uh it was it was it was it was wonderful to see the amount of people that engaged with that content and that the stigma around um suicide is really really shifting you know I don't think a lot of old-fashioned belief systems around suicide were you know how selfish and how could they do that to their families and all of that kind of stuff which you know the conversation around mental health has become so big and it's really shifted away from shame now that we understand suicide is basically the last symptom of just a horrible, horrible, you know, sad, lonely, desperate, you know, like existence for people. And it's just how awful and sad that must have been. It actually takes an extreme desperate level of courage for someone to do that. So, you know, with, with what happened to, to my friend, you know, Harry and I were, we've been friends for about three years. We actually, I remember he reached out to me. I just moved back from Australia. He was friends with a lot of my friends. And I think the first message I ever received from Harry was one, because we were both Tottenham fans. So we both like going to the football and he just said, mate, if you ever want to get together and go and watch the football. And uh, I think he mentioned, you know, I've seen, you know, hope, hope, hope all is okay. And, you know, sort of just just a nice message, um, and we spent a lot of time together. You know, during the the kind of three years of, of, of friendship that we had. You know, he was one of one of the boys. You know, he was in the boys group, and you know, he was in the he was in the WhatsApp group, and we 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 spent a lot of time together as a big group. But Harry and I actually spent a lot of time together one on one, and this was you know whether it was at the pub or going down the beach or whatever it was, um, and this was during a time where I was showing up and being open and people were talking to me about mental health. I mean, I was having my struggles. I had my good times, but you know, I'd, I'd become someone who people knew 
talked about mental health. And when we when Harry died, even even I, as someone who talked about it, was open about it, was approachable about it, had no idea, had absolutely no idea that he'd been struggling. And you know, everything from losing someone who you love and care about and is a good friend to witnessing you know his parents at his funeral um, and seeing them lose a son you know that is that's something that just stays with you and it it, it will it changes who you are and the way that you see the world forever and i know for a fact that you know he had he just had no idea how much he was loved and he had no he couldn't connect with or feel how much he was loved he knew but actually you know, he, he would have been, his, his life and his existence was one where he felt guilty and, and, not, and undeserving of that love. So, you know, he, he, he left this world and it's such a tragedy because all that's caused that is negative thought patterns, conditioning, you know, um, so unhealthy coping strategies, you know, whether it's drugs or gambling or drinking, um, you know, he was a beautiful person and he had a big heart, you know, he had a lot of, I mean, we've just talked a lot about, you know, whether it be toxic masculinity or, you know, so he had a lot of traits that, you know, a lot of men have and, you know, maybe were potentially quite undesirable or not, you know, he wasn't perfect, but none of us are, but he had a fucking big heart and he was so loved and to lose someone based on, as I say, just the stories that he, that were, were going on in his head that were being created that just weren't true it's just it, it's so so it's it's so preventable um and that is why i just this the, the page the content the message will always always be you know I'll just to, to help try and help save save lives and you know again i know it's 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 targeting men but it really is you know it's not ex exclusive to that i want to you know if anything i share can help save people's lives or can help them just take that first step to go and talk to someone like it fucking gets better it gets better like it will always get better um so yeah that's just, that's just what it i just want people to hopefully if, if it can have some impact on on that front and and help save people's lives then yeah that's that's what it's all about thank you for sharing that um i totally agree with everything you've said and I think that the conversation around suicide is something that people get uncomfortable about and feel and there, there's a lot of kind of shame about it and the wording around it as well is commit suicide you know it's yeah, that it's commit a word and I think that there is people that are trying yeah, to yeah. yeah exactly like I think people are trying to change it I think it's carrying out suicide um losing your life completing suicide, yeah, yeah. Mm. um and I think that in itself the fact that people are starting to look at the wording around it is something um I think the fact that people are sharing I their own experiences is also something um and I had a conversation with somebody um after sharing my my experience uh on the experience my own experience the other day who said basically that sometimes that they feel they've got so many people around them that love them but it still doesn't feel like enough and I think a lot of people see people talking about um mental health and as 
much as it connects and relates to them, there is that part inside of them inside that thinks, oh, I, I'm not brave enough to do that. I can't do that. You know, it's that self-limiting belief that they have around talking about mental health. And the there is there's so much importance to it. And I think that the more people that talk about it, the better, because hopefully it will enable other people to feel empowered to be able to talk about their own issues and, and, and struggles that they have because the male suicide rate is ridiculous um mm. it's something that has been going on for years and years and years and never really been addressed i know there have been a couple of campaigns that have reached kind of uh, nationwide uh publicity but there's just we're just not doing enough and i'm not sure what the answer is but i think that you know you talking about it or being part of that is something that is very much needed and yeah thank you for doing that thank you thank you that's really kind of you to say <laughs> we got deep we did it Love happened it, it happened but i oh, think that, that but that is the that's the reality of life because we do we can be laughing one minute and then we can be having a really honest, open conversation the next. And I think that being able to find all of those colors is really important because life isn't black and white and there isn't a, you know, there isn't a one size fits all here. So we deal with things in many different ways and we are human beings that have this range of emotion that you were saying that some people feel like they can't can't share um so if accessing it through humor is something that works for people then why not you know as long as it doesn't hurt anybody go for it definitely definitely couldn't agree with you more i feel like that's probably a good good time to end because otherwise we will end up down a um a dick hole or something <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah Tell everybody where they can find you and um, yeah, give, give us all your things. Uh, it basically, uh, I mean, I'm on Facebook, but mostly everything is on Instagram. So it's at the honest bloke. Um, soon to be starting, uh, first of all, soon to be starting a podcast as well, which will be the honest bloke podcast. So I'm really excited about that. that um, and also, I've also just in the process of starting. So next week, I'm also launching um, a free men's group. So a free, free kind of community and brotherhood. Um, which is basically all about, I guess, everything that we've talked about um, today is just, you know, giving a safe space to men from all walks of life who maybe just want a safe space to connect, um, to either show up and ask for help if they're struggling or if they're looking for ways of kind of thriving and increasing, whether it's their productivity or, you know, just I've, I put up a post the other day about, you know, we all need to, you know, get manly as fuck and this is the place that i want everyone to learn where they can just yeah explore their emotions and just yeah show up and, and and have a safe space to do that so that's the honest blokes society which will be uh, starting very soon so if anyone's interested just come get involved because it's going to be a it's, it's free it's going to be a great space and, and hopefully a lot of fun so that's so exciting that's really exciting i might grow a dick and just <laughs> <laughs> although i don't think alan will be too happy about that maybe not maybe not I'll just support from the outside. Run it by like. him, see what he says. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, 
as always, I am taking the conversation down into the gutter, so I will stop. <laughs> um, so don't forget to follow the podcast. It's at Tribe Talk Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram as well. It's MJ Andrew. Uh, if you have a sec, it would be amazing if you could subscribe, uh, rate, review. It really does mean a lot. So um, if you have a few minutes to do that, that would be fantastic. I will be back soon um, with hopefully some more very interesting conversations. And thank you so much again, James, for showing up and just being authentically you. So thank you. Pleasure. Thank you for having me on.